the show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams-Brice Stadium is second to none. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. Finally in. I'm leading off today because uh, Jamie's in the mountains and there's a wind issue. What is it like? Forty degrees up there, dude. Well, I mean, y'all, y'all act like I'm in a, in a hurricane. The wind's not even blowing, and it's fifty degrees. Centauri, <laughs> Jim Centauri, or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, all right. So we're starting off a little bit uh, different today. Uh, Gamecock baseball head coach Mark Keese has been generous enough to give us a little bit of his time today, and coach. Man, I tell you, from about the what the seventh inning on, sixth inning on, on Saturday until last night, your baseball team has outscored its opponents forty-two to five. I uh, has to feel good after that game last Friday, and you know maybe some games against Penn where you know it, it, we all know baseball ebbs and flows, but uh, the bats are back alive, and boy, you guys are pitching awfully well right now too. Yeah, again, thanks for you guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, I gotta say that. That intro is pretty impressive. Um, all those highlights, loved it all. But whoever put the spies like us uh, video portion in there, <laughs> gotta say, really good ad in there in the, in the middle. Not many people probably even know that movie or would have recognized that, but I'm at the age now where I do. <laughs> I definitely noticed that slip in there. So, really good job, whoever put that together. Um, I love it. That's one of my favorite movies, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> your question. Yeah, the bats. Again, baseball is a long season. There are games you're going to score 20. There's games you're going to score two. Um, at the end of the day, you just have to make sure you have more than the other team. But you know, there are going to be times we face the kind of pitching that they can, you know, pitch us in ways that, that give us a little bit of problems. That's just the way the game works. Um, but on most days, we're going to have enough length in our lineup that we can we can uh, get the job done. So. Again, I think, as you mentioned, everything kind of turned a little bit in the middle of that game on Saturday, and we've just been lights out ever since. And the great thing is the pitching, for the most part, has been there all year. Um, and when you have that kind of pitching, it just it gives your offense time to get things figured out over the course of a game. Coach, you're, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll squeeze this in. I don't have much time with you all this morning, but um, – Good to see you. And when, when I heard that you were going to be popping on this week, I said, okay, all right, I'll, I'll jump in there with Coach King. So, so, 
So you're 20, you're a quarter of the way through the year. That's hard to believe, right? 14 out of 56 yeah. are, are down. Um, we, we all know what's coming, but you are 13 and one. And you've done it a multitude of ways. Uh, you've blown some guys out. You've had some some close ones. I saw you up there during the Penn series, and that was really your first test of the year. How would you describe your group overall through the first quarter of the season? What have you seen in your eyes? Yeah, I, just, I really like this group, and I've been saying it for a while. Um, even the first week this team was together in the, in the fall and we had been out at Fort Jackson, and you could just tell the level of maturity that this team had. Um, it's, it's older guys. We have, we have more older guys. We have guys that have been through a lot of things. We have guys that appreciate where they are. Um, and we have guys that can play the game at the end of the day, you need guys that can play the game. And we've got a lot of those guys. Now we've got a lot of guys that have taken that next step in their career. I mentioned this at a press conference uh, earlier in the week, the guys are getting a lot of attention as they should, because they've had a, a tremendous impact on our program. But it can't be lost on everybody who has gotten and Lee Froy has gotten and all yeah. the guys back from injuries. You know, you look at Hicks. Hicks missed all of last year. You see how dominant he's been. Mahoney missed all of last year. You see how dominant he's been. Sam Simpson pitched last night for the first time after missing all of last year with the injury. He was 93 to 95 and looked great. I mean, there's a ton of these stories. So I just like the group as a whole. I like the talent. I like the maturity. I like how they go about their business. And, you know, I think the success we're having right now is just a byproduct of a lot of work that's been put in by a lot of people. And it's just, it's a good baseball team. You sort of mentioned this uh, earlier, but I want to dig in. I was actually talking to John Whittle right before we came on, and we were kind of talking about the differences between last year and this year, especially at the midweek games. As a hitter coach, is it more difficult, like, when you know you guys, you don't have, uh, the strongest pitcher on the mound, or maybe a backline guy, and you know you got to go get eight nine runs. Does that cause me hitter to press a little bit when when you know that hey we got to score and score bunches to win this game because we don't you know like last year you didn't have any pitching depth. Uh, does does that play a factor into it? Maybe sort of like like football when a good offense does complement a defense well. Absolutely, it does, JC. Absolutely, uh, you know baseball is such a mental game to begin with. That when you go into a game knowing, oh boy, you know we're we're strapped here. We're, we're not sure how we're going to be able to pitch through these nine innings. You know, let's hold them down. Um, that puts a lot of pressure on both sides of the ball. And so I think we don't have that pressure this year because we know pitching wise, generally whoever we put out there can get the job done. And it's deep. You know, it's it's a, it's a very fun thing to come to the ballpark with every day, knowing you have that kind of depth. So if the hitters can relax again. Last year, if we would fall behind. Um, it wasn't a great feeling. Now you just feel like, hey, just keep playing, keep leaning on them, and the game will turn for us at some point. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think baseball is a very complimentary sport, just like football is. Uh, when the defense is the defense holding them down in football, you feel like the offense can try things and figure out how can we score points. Baseball is the same way. You know, if you're pitching and defense is holding them down, you may not figure it out in the third inning, but, you know, at some point you'll get some. Do you have a – is there a, a, a comparable staff that you can look back on in your career that you that this that this group reminds you of? I mean, my, Miami, anywhere you've been, any team you played on? Yeah, I mean, I've been part of some very fortunate teams, you know, in terms of the success they've had. And, uh, 
obviously the the one national championship team had great pitching that when I was in Miami, um, yeah. had lights out weekend starters. Now we probably will have more guys that pitch in the big leagues off of this staff than we did that year. Um, really nobody pitched in the big leagues off of that national championship team, if you can believe that. But we had three great college weekend starters. Our bullpen was locked down. And we had a freshman as a closer that year. Uh, George Fuget was his name. We, we closed that year on a national championship team with a freshman, which, you know, it's not inconceivable at some point. Eli Jerzenbeck may be closing out some games. Um, the other best team I've ever been a part of was 05 at Tulane. We we're the number one team in the country all year. Uh, lost out in Omaha. Uh, to Baylor was the last game we lost in uh, Omaha to Baylor uh, to in the World Series, uh, but that was a team that went wire to wire number one. And we had you know we had six major leaguers on that team, um, including at least three, maybe four pitchers. So been a part of some great teams, you know, in terms of the pitching depth. Um, but this has got to be right up there because you just every guy you roll out there, you feel confident in. Yeah, for sure. What's your message well, to Mark, the team, Coach, as you, you know, you've started the season off, I guess, as well as you kind of figured you would uh, or, you know, would want. And just to keep these guys, you know, focused, you know, committed to what it is that you how you want to finish the season. Uh, what's the message here before you're about to get ramped up into conference play? You know, baseball is just a sport because you play so many games. You just have to go day by day. And I know that sounds like coaching cliche, um, but you just have to focus on today. Um, you do. It's it's all coaches say it, but it's true. Uh, you don't focus on May when you're in March. Um, we're just going to do everything we can today to prepare. Today's going to be a lighter day for our team because we've played again. This is another week where we have eight games in 10 days. So the key is to not overwork them on the non-game days. So today's a very light day for us. And then we just let them know, hey, we got another game tomorrow. Make sure we come out and ready to go. And this has not been a team that you had to overly motivate because um, they just love to play. They love to be together. And, and again, when you're a good team, that, that kind of creates its own momentum. Do you, do you feel close? Because you've got the the series coming up this weekend with Bethune Cookman, and one more midweek, and then you're into conference play. And I know y'all been using the first few weeks, kind of trying to get things figured out. Do you do you feel like you're close to where you want to be? I do. I think we're closer now than than we've been at any point uh, in, in this season. I think the lineup you saw last night was probably pretty similar to what we need to roll out there um, to be at our best and offensively and defensively. That combination. Um, mm -hmm. You'll still see a little bit of platooning. You know, when we face a lefty, you may see a, a French traded out for uh, a Horning, um, you know, just to get one more right-handed bat in there and also to give Cole uh, a rest from catching. So I think you'll look at that. But I think the lineup you saw last night probably is our best look um, as it stands right now. Pitching-wise, you know, the bullpen will continue to play with some things, but I think we got a better feel for what we want to do there. Um, in terms of having Hicks and Jerzebeck back there now to complement the guys that were already there, just think that gives it a really good look. And so you're never you're never completely where you want to be, um, and you're always evaluating things. But we're as close now to where I think you know the top end is for us as we've been at any point during the season. Is Veach the closer? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. I think okay. he's a, he's one of the closers. Um, but he is not the only defined closer right now. There's just too many other good guys back there along with him to, yeah. to, to give him that job. And he has had success there so far. Um, but we've got, you know, Hicks has been special. Jerzenbeck has been special as well. So, you know, we'll continue to 
look at different things there. So that's probably one of the areas where you're, you're we're not quite a hundred percent on how we want to run that. So that'll, that'll continue to evolve. Hicks was filthy on Sunday in long relief. Ooh. I mean, that's, that yeah. was, whoa. Um, yeah. What advantage does that give you, Coach? Would you have guys like Hicks and Jerzebeck? Yes, they're in the bullpen, but a guy that can go out there and give you like five strong innings like that. I mean, that has to be a luxury item, I would think. I mean, you have major league clubs that don't, you know, in theory can't can't do that on a consistent basis. And you got two guys, maybe three, four more, the more than capable of doing it. Yeah, well, I'll answer it like this. First of all, the fact that Eli Jones and Matthew Becker are more than capable Tuesday starters allow you to do that, allow you to put those guys back there for the weekend. So that's important because uh, if you didn't have an Eli Jones who was capable or a Matthew Becker who was capable, then you'd have to start Hicks and or Jerzenbeck in those midweek games. And then that thins out your bullpen a little bit. Um, having Jones and Becker be good enough there to, to help us win those games allows you to put those weapons in the bullpen and, you, you nailed it. They're both starting pitchers that you are now using in the bullpen, and they can give you a four or five, you know, just like that. And, and Landon Sims is the guy that everybody knows about from Mississippi State a couple years ago. Uh, he was a guy that was really a starting pitcher, but he, they used him any game where, man, it's a sixth inning and looks like this is going to be tight. They just brought him in, and he closed that thing out, whether it was a three-inning save or a four-inning save, and it was lights out. It was game over. And so – we potentially may have two of those kind of guys in our bullpen. And so that that's that's what you're looking for. And, and again, it just gives you more options. It's like uh, back in the day, Matt Price would do that for Coach Tanner when they won the national championships. Um, hey, Coach, so a couple, I've got a couple of a couple of curveballs for you, and then and then I'll get out of your what, – <laughs> what's, what's left of your hair. Uh, so you oh come on now! The, I, well, I'm not showing you mine, you know. I uh, see. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> it out there, come on! I at least throw it out there. Yeah, <laughs> big birds from under a beanie. Uh, no, no, no. That's why I always have a hat on, man. I'm losing it too early. Um, so, who in your? How would you describe the what you've seen thus far? I mean, y'all are playing on the same days as everybody else, but I know you keep up with it. How would you describe what you've seen out of the SEC? I ma- I mentioned the other day on the air. As a, as it stands right now, and it could change certainly, but y'all have got 15 games in league play against quote unquote top eight teams uh, by the D1 baseball poll, and and that's you know we're gonna find out how good Carolina is. Y'all might be the best team in the country. We're we're gonna find out. Yeah. Um, so how would you describe the league and what you're what you're gonna be up against starting next Friday? Well, the league's gonna be a bloodbath. Make no mistake. I mean, Always. we're all gonna beat up on each other. Uh, nobody's going undefeated. Nobody's going to win three out of every four games, I don't think, in the league. Um, it's it's the American League East is what I call it. Um, you look at what LSU has put together, what Florida has put together, what Tennessee has put together. It's going to be a bloodbath. And so the key is going to be you just keep your head above water. And Ole Miss last year went 13-17 and 17 in the league and won the national championship. So it's going to be up to us. It's going to be up to you guys as the media to make sure people aren't jumping off the roof for a loss or two. Uh, oh, you know, we, tr- we try, like, man. Yeah, sure you do. Sure you do. You, can, you know that. Uh, so, you know, the key is going to be, it's going to be, there are going to be some great weekends. There's going to be some tough weekends. There's going to be weekends where everything goes well. When nothing goes well, you're just going to have to try to stay as steady as you can. You know, keep the ship afloat. Um, 
and, and stay positive because there's going to be some great moments and some down moments. And you just want to make sure you're there at the end. But I don't know that the SEC has ever been better because of the transfer portal. Everybody's floor has been risen. There's no question about that. You know, yeah. very few people are playing freshmen unless they're elite freshmen. And uh, it's just you're there's very few weaknesses in our league right now. You look at the records. I mean, it's a lot of great records. And there's a lot of great baseball players in our league right now. So I'm looking forward to it. Again, I'm, I'm glad that we are well-armed for the battle. Um, knock on wood, we stay healthy. You know, that's always the key. Um, yeah. I, I think it's going to be very exciting. I think it's going to be a lot of great baseball. I mean, I think it's dang near close to double-A level baseball is what you're going to be watching on SEC weekends, which is great for the fans, great for the players, great for all of us. I mean, you could go up against teams that are like – at the bottom of the East or the West, people look at it and they go, how did how'd they get beat by so-and-so? Well, what they don't realize is that so-and-so, while that team might have had its struggles, their Friday night guys are going to be in the big leagues. I mean, you know, so you're going you're gonna to lose games in this league. As somebody made the comment a few days ago, Coach, that you know, in order to have a successful season in the SEC, you have to win at least 16 or 17 games. That's not true. Yeah, as you just pointed out. I just ask Ole Miss if that's true. Exactly. Yeah, this league is so good. All right, this is my final one. JC, I'll let you kind of take it home from here. So I, know you, I know he's got some sure. NIL stuff he wants to mention. But one of the things I've seen a lot of, Coach, and I, I know uh, in, in your era when you played for the Tar Heels and minor league ball and everything. and When you gosh, say new era, I mean, come on now. It's like I was playing when it was black and white. <laughs> Well, I was look. Hold on now. Because, no, hold on because I, I mean I only played the game 16, 17 years ago, and I know if I would have done some of the things when I was playing that kids are doing today, the next time I walked to the plate, there was going to be one in the ear hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's become an emotional game. You're seeing all over. This isn't a Carolina question. Yeah, you're seeing bat flips and pimp jobs and and guys yelling this and that and pitchers in the first inning, striking out a guy that they should strike out and they're all fired up. It's, it's, it's a very emotional time Mm -hmm. and it's a lot different from how it, how, how this sport has always been. Have you adjusted to that? Like, how do you, I just want to get your thoughts on it. Cause I mean, as a, as a coach, that's not something that y'all really did unless there was one big moment to win a championship or something. So how, how, how do you adjust to that? Yeah, well, first thing I'll say is I am, I am a little old school in terms of, I believe in respecting the game and respecting your opponent. But I also know you've got to evolve with the times. And it's it's started the big leagues. You know, I think probably maybe five years ago is when I really started noticing it. And they started having the commercials coming out in Major League Baseball, let the kids play and, you know, all those things. And they were showing the celebrations and the bat flips. And we all know whatever kids see on TV is what they're going to do in their college and high school and Little League games. And so I think it's just part of the game right now where everybody has a celebration after home runs. And we have a great one with our Fort Jackson helmet um, that we put on guys after they hit a home run when they get to the dugout. So, look, if the guys are having fun, as long as they're not crossing the line of disrespect, you know, I think that's where you got to kind of draw the line. It can't be disrespectful. Um, But I'm going to let our guys enjoy it. I'm going to let our guys have fun and play with passion. Uh, I just think that's that's what they want to do. And as long as they don't cross that line, I'm totally fine with it. It's being done everywhere else. And as we tell everybody else, you know, we're not going to show anybody up. But if other teams want to, you know, stoke, fan the flames a little bit, we'll be there for the fight, too. Uh, So we're not going to back down from anybody. And I'm not going to stop our guys from playing with passion and enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. 
Coach, uh, Jamie mentioned NIL. Uh, college baseball is fascinating to me. It's probably someone that's involved in that space. Um, probably my favorite sport to deal with because, you know, you're, you're, I've never been a fan of the 11.7 scholarships. I, I, no, it's another awful. topic for another day, but I think it's fundamentally wrong. But, uh, you know, NIL is a great way to kind of take care of these guys that are really hard and to let them – brand themselves and market themselves and all that. How much of a factor is NIL uh, with your program right now? And, uh, you know, what can you kind of tell us about, uh, you know, how it's helped your roster or, or has it been a hindrance or just kind of uh, walk us through that with baseball? Because we hear about it for football. We know about it for basketball. But from a baseball standpoint, you know, what, what, what's your take? Well, it's huge for us. And I will mention Carolina Rise has been a huge impact in our program. Um, if you don't have good players, you don't compete. Bottom line. And these days, as you mentioned, the 11.7 scholarships uh, is not near enough for what baseball players deserve. We have 35 players, um, only 27 of which can get scholarships. And we have 11.7 scholarships to divide up among those 27 guys. So you're you're talking about the average player on our team is paying half a scholar or half half his way to come here. Um, It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And, you know, the NIL uh, market has allowed us to help kids afford to come here. It's helped kids to want to stay here. Now there are guys on our team that would not be here probably without the NIL and Carolina rise has been a huge part of that. Um, You look at, we had three draft picks last year that decided to come back to South Carolina. I don't know that that happens without the NIL. And as we look around our league, there's some unbelievable investments being made into baseball programs um, I won't mention them by name, but it's probably pretty, pretty uh, well known out there. And you're talking the hundreds of thousands of dollars that are going to players and programs. And so NIL for us is going to be huge. It, it has been huge for us this year in terms of who we were able to retain and the impact they're having on our team. But as we move forward, it's going to be even bigger because it's just going to be part of of the process of putting your team together. So. Um, we appreciate Carolina Rise very much and everybody that's helping to facilitate that and, and help our players uh, is a big part of what we're doing now and what we'll do moving forward. All right. Well, thank you, Coach. Yeah, yeah we're glad to help. And certainly uh, it's kind of – I mean, I've always been a baseball fan, but, you know, I, I kind of got to admit, you know, some of the kids that we do have with Carolina Rise – it makes me feel good when they hit a home run or strike somebody out, you know, because I'm <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you know, we helped that guy or whatever. And so uh, and and they're good it, kids. It, it, yeah, and they're really, really good. It's a, it's a pleasure. It, it's been a pleasure to work with baseball. It, it's uh, not that the other sports aren't, but uh, I think it means a whole lot, uh, you know, it to does. those guys. And it's because of the scholarship thing that I've never liked. So I'm definitely with you there. Well, again, um, but, and I will uh, tell you, I'll tell you, we have guys that on our team that are having, tremendous impacts that are a that are walk-ons on our team if you can believe that um and so that's why the nil is so important to help supplement those guys affordability of going to college and as we mentioned it it helps guys not have to rush off into pro ball because they just can't afford to pay for college anymore it's huge it's huge you know we'll find a time in the summer coach after y'all get home from omaha and um, and we'll uh, we'll do a roundtable about how to fix some of the things in college baseball because the eleven seven the coaching situation has been a joke for years we all know it and um, we'll 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 do our best to to give you a platform to do what we can do okay 
Well, JB, I'm sure the NCA president can't wait to hear your thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. Sure he <laughs> loves our show. He loves our show. Yeah, call call up Charlie Baker. <laughs> hey, I've talked to that. I had that guy on my show a few years ago on ESPN, Emirate, and we had the president of the college football guy. This, you know, he's, you know what I'm saying, Coach. There's a, there's a lot behind the scenes. They're I figureheads, mean, you know. Yeah. Look, one of the governor of Massachusetts is not a Red Sox fan, though. I mean, because that's who's taking the job, Charlie Baker. He was the governor of Massachusetts. Yeah. So, what are the chances he's not a Red Sox fan? So, I, I yeah. don't know. You know. Maybe he likes baseball. <laughs> All right, Coach, uh, we'll let you go. Appreciate yep. your time, as always. Thanks, man. Uh, best of luck this weekend against Bethune and uh, on into SEC play. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate see, you. See you yes, soon. Thank Thanks, you. Coach. Thanks. <laughs> always nice to catch up with Mark Kingston, isn't it, guys? For sure, man. Yeah. He's, he's Mark's always good. good. I, you know, Great interview, you know. That's twice he, he always kind of points things out. And he's a spies like us fan. He's thirteen yeah. and one. Well, and he uh, and one. Mm. He does. He doesn't. If he if Coach King is ribbing you, that's a good thing. You know, some <laughs> yeah, of these coaches like it. that they don't know how to have conversations, but you know, he likes to he likes to 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 joke with everybody. So that's always good. Yeah. All right, so JB, show show us the view one more time, man, before we break. Yeah, give us some, one more little jealousy. Give us one more mountain view. Come on. No, uh, hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me figure this out. I can't remember how to do this. I just turn, <laughs> I, I just turn it around here. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Oh, look oh, at that. Beautiful. Love yeah. it. Oh, man. Uh, anyway. All right, JB, we're holding it down here. Can't wait to see you next week. Enjoy the rest of your time in uh, beautiful Maggie Valley. Yep, y'all. Uh, y'all have a fun next couple of days, and if you need me. Uh, you better get me before about four o'clock. All right, we got it. All right, right so, back uh, after these messages inside the Gamecocks the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guy 
yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show this is former all-american shortstop drew meyer and you're listening to inside the gamecocks the show go gamecocks Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. Of course, we're live from the Sinorama Studios this morning, and the first hour of the show is presented to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271. That's how Cindy will be able to talk to you about all of your upstate residential real estate needs again special thanks to head coach mark kingston for coming on again talking about baseball nil and how important it has really turned out to be i mean it is now it just it's it's nil is just i don't want to say pervasive because it's just there i mean it's like it's ubiquitous at this point like it's just everywhere every sport everybody you have to you have to account for it in some way shape or form yeah the great thing about baseball is it it, it really rights a wrong to a certain extent number one number two you know baseball kids do pretty good commercials and things like that i mean uh, Braylon Lemmer, Noah Hall. I mean, they've done well for us. We've got other Carolina Rise clients. If you've not joined Carolina Rise, please consider doing so. If you're on the fence about a monthly membership or you're one of these people that doesn't like things drafted out of your account every month, you could do a one-time membership and draft it right there. It does not occur next year, so there's not a surprise. Uh, you know, and now we're going to have some fundraisers coming up. You'll get a chance to meet me and some football players uh in charleston and columbia uh at the end of april and so that will be a uh and you get the food at, uh, it's a barbecue out of it and stuff so that'll be uh, a good thing we'll have details about that event maybe even give away like a uh, couple tickets to the show listeners if i can come up with a challenging way to ask you trivia questions so clint doesn't get it right off the top of his head so uh uh, anyway, uh, last night too, the Gamecock men's basketball team came to an end. Um, a little disappointed they lost. I, 
like Ole Miss doesn't have a coach. Are they going to interim coach? I mean, you know, and, and they came out and, and seemed to, I don't want to say want it more because I thought the Gamecocks did hustle spurt, but, you know, th- there are just some issues with this team this year that, uh, that uh, you know, that have to be fixed beyond more talent. Uh, I think yeah. uh, I, I don't know that I would be honest if I sat here and told everyone, uh, "Oh yeah, it's just it just needs more players and it'll be fine." I mean, it'll be fine maybe, but uh, you know, get this team back to the NCAA tournament or at least competitive in the SEC. It's going to take a little bit more uh, all the way around than, than what the Gamecocks got this year. That said, I do think there were some bright moments. I think it's positive that Michi Johnson and. Jacoby Wright and Josh Gray have all said they're coming back. I believe they all will. That's a nice three-person little nucleus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, go hit the portal, man. Go hit a portal. Uh, go hit the portal and get some guys. You know, Zach Davis, I think, with another year will be better. Daniel Hankins, Sanford maybe as well. So there's five. Um, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with the rest of the roster. So we'll we'll, we'll see see what they do. Uh, I think it's smart right now. With you know, we just talked about NIL with baseball, basketball. It's uh, it's tough sledding right now with, with what some of the other schools are putting in it. Especially some of these basketball schools, basketball only. They don't have football. Their their big boosters are just all in on hoops. I mean, yeah. You know, you're you're Gonzaga's of the world, right? But. Um, you know, I, I think I think I think there's a chance. I think it's smart to go look in the Southern Conference and other leagues like that to see who maybe wants to come up and get an opportunity. Um, and before people laugh, I'll remind you that in football, which is arguably a harder transition, you know, that that strategy's worked out pretty well for the football staff. Uh, heck, you could say baseball too, because some of these guys have come from the lower levels up or, or, or whatever. Some of them haven't. You know, Cassis came from. Obviously Vanderbilt and um, you know all that because Caleb Denny started in Arkansas and then went to Oral Roberts and then came in. But uh, you know, so we'll see see what happens with, with Lamont Paris and his team. Eleven and twenty one. They did tie the school record for losses this year, but did not break it. Um, hmm. And there's no chance that Gigi Jackson comes back before anybody starts to speculate on that. Yeah, um, really. Sure, yeah. he's got to <laughs> announce. You know, it's got going to be a big. Respect my decision announcement and stuff, but uh, it, it's not necessarily even about South Carolina or college basketball. It's about what's going on in the NBA with the, with the collective bargaining agreement. And uh, so I would be relatively stunned uh, if, or really stunned if he came back. And I can't blame it. You know, it, it, there's a reason he came to college early, uh, and it was to kind of get in front of the new CBA. Um, and so I think, hey, you know that that was what it was. Wish, wish, wish his season would have gone a little better for him. Um, but he's going to have to be coached, uh, and not just for one year. You know, there he's got a long way to go. But you can see once he locks in and learns, um, and it may take a couple of years in the NBA. He's got the skill set to make things happen bigly. Uh, and keep in mind, he's still just a kid. So, congratulations, Gigi Jackson, for coming to South Carolina uh, for averaging year, being on the I think all freshman team on the SEC, and uh, you know when and if he announces when he goes to the uh, NBA, we'll wish him the best, right, Phil? 
That's right. No, yeah. All the all the best to him. We we knew this would be a one and done kind of kind of deal. Um, I mean, I guess some people have kind of taught themselves into saying he needs another year here, but yeah, it's you go with the devil. It doesn't you know, matter at the I NBA. Mean, it's like you 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 you're not going to get him for another year. <laughs> that, that could be. I mean, that, that that I don't I don't think people that say that are wrong. No, I mean, you know, he he's can not probably use back. that growth I mean, and development, matter. but yeah, I mean, it yeah, doesn't matter. He's he, not he, going to he get that development develop. here. <laughs> he's going to grow and develop up there. You know, that that's yeah. uh, and that's just that sport. I mean, I, people that say he needs another year, I agree. Uh, I, I think another year in college and a call. A, keep in mind, Gigi didn't even have an off season. He was like still a high. A, he's played. He played AAU ball summer. Where everybody else is going through college workouts, right? So, if you gave him an off season at a, in a college program in another year, yeah, he could play his way into a top five pick. But kind of with the decisions they're trying to make, I mean, you know, if you're going to be a first rounder anyway, and basketball pays through the nose anyway, especially with the collective bargaining agreement as it is right now, I mean, you'd be foolish to come back. Just to be honest, you know. Now, if he just slipped out of the draft, wasn't going to go, wasn't going to get drafted, or was going to slot into the G League, and, and you know, he may get slotted into the G League to a certain extent just to get it better. But he's getting paid, um, and so I don't blame him. You know, I don't blame him either. But those of you that say he does need, you're not, you're not wrong at all. But uh, it's just uh, basketball in the year 2023 man <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's just uh, that's kind of how it is everybody wants to get that paycheck and i, I said i don't blame them I, I say it all the time when meta meta artist was in the end of his career he's the number 13 guy on the lakers bench and he's making he made 14 million dollars that year sitting on the bench how about that the award-winning Nana Sports chat box. Craiger was first in today. Congratulations, Craig. They were talking about the game last night. Once the game passed 19, my uh, alma mater, USC Upstate Spartans, won. Phil, you were at the game. I was. It was fun seeing them in person. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a fun team to watch. We were able to sit uh, fairly close to the uh, to the visitors' dugout, which is where they were. Uh, and um, – yeah, just hear the team interact with each other. It's fun. It's I love baseball too. You know, JC. It's it's always been a big part of my life uh, growing up. Played it, um, you know, and and it was good. There's nothing better than getting the family out there to the to the ballpark, man. That's a just a wonderful experience. And it's cheaper than going to a damn movie. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Cheaper than a movie. So yeah, it's uh, it looked like a nice night, and uh, the crowd behind on TV. Uh, it wasn't a dense crowd, but on TV, it looked like a pretty good crowd behind home plate uh, oh, yeah. for uh, mm-hmm. update and the Gamecocks. And, and I turned it on, it was already 12 nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was the third inning. So so we, we'll see uh, what the deal is there. Um, like, all right, Nana, Nana Sports chat box. Ooh, good. I just yawned. Mm. It just overtook me anyway. No. Got up to her today. Uh, Smith was there too. I met Smith in Kentucky at uh, at the horse racing track at Keeneland. Oh. Good people. Smith is good people. He lives in great, yeah, great night at Floor Field last night. He was there last Saturday. Brian was happy. Kingston was in. Clint brings up a good point. Dylan Brewer starting to swing the bat pretty well, Phil. Yeah. Um, 
really good home run last night. Uh, he was a Carolina Rise client uh, and a Clemson transfer. Uh, Clint makes the point if he can swing a solid bat in the nine hole, the team can make some serious noise. I tend to tend to agree. Yeah, yeah, it was good seeing them. Uh, he, he <laughs> smashed that ball. There were a couple of balls that were hit hard, and I think if there was some more wind out, then they would have flown right out. But also good to see Horna get off the schneid, man. It was like he yeah. came up to the plate and you know knocked one opposite field that looked like it was going over the wall and just barely missed it. But uh, the left fielder also barely missed it too. So <laughs> stand-up double, bases clearing, it was nice. Uh, yeah. And then he ended up with, I can't remember what his line was. I think it was three for four with an HBP. So uh, not a bad output for Hornung. And he really needed it. I like that. I like that uh, about him. Uh, you know, he's really starting to come into his uh, own. Uh, 76, as far as I know, Kevin Cassis is fine. Um, Kingston addressed it afterwards. Sorry, I didn't get around to asking him. Uh, about that. Clint says Messina's ball from Saturday hasn't landed. Yeah, Jamie said it just passed him up in the mountains. Spit <laughs> in the atmosphere. Oh, wow. I, you think about some of those great teams, some of the daggum bashers that you've had in this program. Guys like Phil Disher and Landon Powell and Jerome Peters and, you know, Drew Meyer, Justin Smoke. I mean, name your guy. You know, that, that was a Trey Dyson. That was a wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, that was a Gamecock baseball home run. Uh, mm-hmm. there. Uh, so um, 76 says Mark Kingston is a sharp man. Glad, glad he's having some success. Yeah, certainly helps him. Uh, Howard says they still have Ghost Town in Maggie Valley. Scary. Last time I was in Maggie Valley, it was kind of overcast and cloudy. And then the chairlift to take you to Ghost Town is still there, and it just kind of ascends into the clouds. I mean, you want to shoot a horror movie? Shoot it there. <laughs> and an abandoned thinking, amusement park, man. It is kind of scary, yeah. <laughs> and you take the chairlift into the sky to do it. It's just like kind of crazy. Um, Day says having us lose because that rebound hit Davis in the hands only to bounce right into his face and over his head was a pretty appropriate way to end this season. Yeah, old Zach Davis, he gets excited. You remember the end of the Georgia game, too? He just dropped the ball, fumbled. Fumbled? <laughs> yeah, that's a fumble. <laughs> but, but with him specifically, Day, even when Frank signed him, that everybody said he's developmental, but he's a 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, guard. That once he kind of figures it out and settles down, he's gonna be a pretty good player. Clint's the DJ Mac kid from Walford would be a strong addiction. Yeah, DJ Mac 6'8, 240, kind of that stretch forward, good shooter. Um, Day says we need NIL to get Mac. Uh, yes, that's true. Probably I'm sure he's not wrong. <laughs> uh Clint asked where you were sitting, Phil. Oh, we were in uh 104, uh three rows behind uh the visiting dugout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're right there. Yeah, my daughter, my eldest daughter, uh, became a, a fan of uh, Mr. Becker last night. I don't think it had anything to do with the way he was playing. <laughs> I teased her all last night too. I was like, I'm gonna say uh, something to Coach King tomorrow. She's like, Don't you dare! 
That is funny. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, Matthew, you got yourself a fan up here in Greenville. <laughs> as well. So, um, Garrett Scott, Clint mentioned. That's that's a good one right there. Uh, Brian says, I've been watching the Yard Cox on SEC Plus by casting to the big TV. My wife has gotten so into it. She's looking at us getting tickets to see them when they come our way to Arkansas. Man, there's a lot worse places in the country to watch a baseball game than Bomb Stadium in Fayetteville. Uh, Mississippi State will miss Carolina, Arkansas have probably, and LSU, how did I forget them, uh, have the best atmospheres in the league, I think, baseball-wise, by a good a good portion. I mean, not that everybody's – every place is pretty good. You know, when Tennessee's winning, their fans show up. They'll, they'll show us tiddlywinks. I'm not going to have rocket-type tiddlywinks now. Anyway, um, so yeah, I would go, man. Let us know, send us a picture of of how how it is. Um, uh, with that, all right, so got more Nana Sports chat box coming up. Chris Phillips, I had the Spurs Up show this morning. He pushed, he's kind of out of town, so he did Spurs, he's moved the Spurs Up show back. He's about to get off, and Chris is going to join us for high energy, uh. Thursday at the top of the hour. So we got one more break. Going to come back. Going to answer some of these questions in the Nana Sports Box. Going to rock and roll. And then, uh, you know, going to talk to Chris. How about that? This is Inside the Game Costs Show. JC Sherbert, Phil Mullinax, as JB is in Maggie Valley, about to pop open a latte, as our friend Lance Player says. Back after this. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese, mmm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Top Nation. Do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Gold Tigers in the soul. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call or shoot him an email, 803-446-4662, or John B. at expresssunrooms.com to talk about how they can get some more sunshine into your life. And while we think about JB up there in Waynesville, you know, we've got the Traveling Country Club, which I'm sure he is going to be uh, taking part of. Here, Traveling Country Club is, <clears throat> excuse me, I got <clears throat> something in my throat there. <laughs> it's okay, I get emo I get emotional talking about the Traveling Country Club I'll too. I'll tell you though. what, and I'm getting a little choked up seeing uh, how beautiful it is. The picture on Traveling Country so Club, gorgeous. the logo gorgeous, there, it's actually the Waynesville. So gorgeous. The thing these eyes have seen. That's yeah, right. uh, beautiful. Yeah, but uh, it is the modern golf club experience, right? Bring to life uh, your golf club experience. It, and what it does is uh, you pay a monthly fee. It allows you access to what over forty golf courses, JC, across the Carolinas. Uh, and of course, yeah. they tee up our show here on Thursday and every day with the Traveling Country Club. Gives you uh, access to courses at prices that you would not be able to normally pay if you were not a member there. But membership in this club actually is essentially giving you membership to different 40 different clubs across the upstate. Uh, great club to belong to. And I know JB will be taking uh, full advantage of his membership while he's up there in Waynesville. Yeah, we got a lot of golfers in our audience because Meredith's been really busy. Meredith Taylor yeah. uh, teaching people the, with referrals and stuff like that. And I'm sure traveling country club will be uh, uh, popular. I'll tell you what, when I get back and I take up golf again, I'm going to have to probably go do, I'm probably going to myself have to go see Meredith and get like six months of lessons. Because I haven't paid, played in 20 years, and I sucked then. I'll probably <laughs> suck now. And I'm too competitive to get out. I'm too competitive to just go play like crap. So, uh, But that would be something I would, I would kick off because you get to see all these different courses. He mentions Caledonia sometimes. My brother, uh, my family's motel used to have a deal with him. So my brother, of course, the, the like the mooch he is, would go mm -hmm. – uh, Hit him up for free passes to Caledonia. I think I put Caledonia, dude. You know, my, yes, my brother looks like be uh, some butt a little bit. <laughs> I don't guess. If you ever get on an airplane and get here, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Get off the plane. <laughs> he's a great, he's a great pilot. I would never fly with him though, because he's he's like the the brother right behind me. So I'm I'm his only big brother. And he would probably be scared about like falling the plane. That'd be the one time he loses control of the plane and we go down in a fiery crash. So I, I refuse to get in the plane with him. But he is a great he is a great pilot. But uh, no, nah, he would he would hit the fam up. I'm gonna play Caledonia. He would only play Caledonia too. And he's pretty good. He, all my brothers are better than me at golf, but uh, I have to do that. Mm -hmm. So uh, Wayne says anything new legal issue on the football team. Craig says Rose is gone. Uh, Rames may be back. The other kid is a Juco. Mm. I don't know. I will say if Rose, you got to wait for the facts to come out. I've heard a lot of conflicting information. Um, let's just say, in my opinion, you know, if, you know, Anthony Rose and Montague Rames, um, are the two that I think really need like we need Carolina more Carolina needs them. Um, so I don't know. I would say it like that. Uh, I think it would be very sad if Anthony Rose 
was <laughs> gone yeah. uh, from the program. I, I think he's a he's an overcomer in life and has overcome a lot. And you know, based on the facts, the, the situation, I, I mean, I, kicking a kid like that out of school is just. I mean, I know you gotta have. There are consequences to things you do in life. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying he's above consequences. I'm just saying it would be very. I would personally be sad if, uh, even, even if Anthony Rose never played it down. You know, I'd be sad if he got kicked out of school. Yeah, let's just say that because the kids overcome uh, quite a bit. So, you know, we'll. Uh, We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot, Craiger. There's a lot of a lot of talk out there as far as who and what. But, uh, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying at all. But I think um, you know I, I, I'm gonna let this thing kind of play out a little bit. Um, so yeah, if Upshaw does go to JUCO, that probably help him because he wasn't in line to play for a while. <laughs> mm. He's a developmental guy. That would probably help, but. Uh, you know, we'll see sort of what happens, um, what the deal is. Uh, 76 yeah. says Clint was supposed to kick his wife to the curb and give me her ticket to the suite. And he's <laughs> like, well, she got me, she got me Chick-fil-A before the game 76. My hands were set. We're tied. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, you Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A the card. It works both <laughs> ways. Dude, Those I mean, sweets were packed up there, man. I tell you what, that's a it, it was a decent crowd at um at uh, last night? floor last night. Yeah, yeah. The uh, they were doing the they were honoring all the Northwood Little League teams last night. So. Oh, that's a gigantic little league. Oh yeah, it was the place was packed when we first got there, and then uh, you know after every inning, it would slowly dwindle by you know the little kids like having to go home, <laughs> but. I tell you what, man, I spent two innings in line for concessions right there at the beginning You're of the game. Me. I'm like, no, man, I tell you, it was crazy. Now, two, two of the concessions, innings. two of the independently owned and operated ones, I think, were closed. But if I had if I had one gripe about our experience last night was just that, yeah, if that place is full, it is not adequately prepared to handle concessions at a reasonable pace. Although the pricing was not bad. Hmm. Very interesting, Phil. Yes, that's right. Um, right. And the boiled peanuts were only mid, but, you know, yeah, what are you going to (laughs) do? At least you can get boiled peanuts. That's Uh, true. says, it makes a good point, JC needs to explore other internet companies. I enjoy the show, guys. I've noticed I'm getting a little uh, circle going on here, John, and... You are a little. We just uh, bought a new. We bought a new router, and you know, most days it's fine. And today the kids aren't even here, mm. uh, unless the oldest got like some kind of PlayStation game, uh, downloading downstairs or something that I don't know about. I have no idea why my internet's crappy today. The wind's not even blowing. I mean, it's it's Xfinity from Comcast. I mean, it's the best you can get. Mm. I don't get it. Who? Anyway, <laughs> uh, Big Slam Pajama says, am I crazy or do we not sing the fight song lyrics? They, you don't really sing the Gamecock fight song lyrics because they're not – they're hard to sing. It's, it's let's give a cheer. Carolina is here. The fighting Gamecocks lead the way. 
And then the most Carolina line of the whole damn song, it's who gives a care if the going gets rough? Because when it gets tough, that's when the cocks get going. Yeah. <laughs> L2F colors of garnet and black and Carolina fight have we. And then the next part, I never – it doesn't match. So, um, Quantrell has Spectrum and says it's bad. Man, Spectrum's supposed to be top of the line. I've had yeah, AT&T I've before. Too, which is like it, – it seems to be good. But the key is a good router. <laughs> we just bought a new one. I, I mean, I don't, mm. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. My tiny brain can't comprehend this. Ranger Clown will respect this net. This internet. I don't have the bandwidth to understand bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show is going to join us after the top of the hour today for high energy uh, day. Uh, Dawn Staley, congratulations to her. She was named a Naismith Coach of the Year semifinalist. I'm like, why don't you just go ahead and give her the award? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, look, like the guy from Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, I don't think historically has been a powerhouse in women's basketball. He's overachieved. Um, I could see – because I, I think it either needs to be like the best coach in the game, these coaching awards, or like you know, the dude that, or the gal that wins it all, or it needs to be somebody that's massively overachieved. I think those yeah. are your, that, that's the only two, there's only two ways to go, um, and I lean more towards the massive overachievement. Like, who, who was the was Kirk, Kirby Smart's coach of the year in the SEC last year? I'd have probably gone with Josh Heupel or Shane Beaver if we're being honest. Um, I would have yeah. gone with uh, probably Sam Pittman in 2020, even though he's three and six, because those were three league wins. Arkansas. Had lost like twenty something straight daggum SEC games, and he was a last second kick away from winning five of them. You know, yeah. Um, but I don't know who votes on these things and what the criteria. It seems to change year to year. But uh, you know, this year if Don Staley goes undefeated, because in basketball, man, if you go undefeated and win the national championship, there's really no other storyline narrative. Uh, accomplishment that, that compares to you because it's so rare uh, to do. We talk about baseball not being an undefeated sport. Basketball isn't either. You know, yeah, you're going to lose some along the way with basketball. Um, I think Gino says, won it on his undefeated season. Bird <laughs> says, uh, <laughs> "Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> let's take shots at Gino." <laughs> Gino. Uh, Berg says pony up from Xfinity, dial up to gig speed. I do. I have the fastest you can get. I've called. I don't know. It may, it may be one of those environmental things, but this state has weird environmental laws or the ones that we're not used to. Like I, I was, we bought a new dishwasher because it took two damn hours to dry to wash the dishes. Right. Mm. Well, come to find out in Illinois, that's the specs. You don't get to wash the dishes in 40 minutes. You don't get to get the, no fast cycle there. They won't let you do it. They throttle you back. There's no fast your... cycle because of the environment. Mm. 
All right, we got to get a break. Man. When are you coming home? <laughs> you coming uh, I gotta come home. I gotta get. <laughs> home. Hey, yeah, that's damn right. You need to get out of here. You redneck. Beats me yeah. yeah, we'd be happy to see you go. <laughs> wow. Go bears. Take all that and your manners and get the hell on. All your politeness. <laughs> that's right. And your god, your god fearing self. Mr. and Mrs. That you go around offending people or college football, your college football. Ah, no, step Notre Dame, of course. Go Irish. <laughs> we'll be back, folks. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your Lowcountry real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter, at Mayor Taylor, and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. <laughs> You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who was born to pro. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. They'll be happy to talk to you about a potential porch or patio enclosure for you this year. And, of course, on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, and don't forget, if you need to get that golf game in shape for the warmer weather coming up, give Mayor a call or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. But we're happy to have Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show, who I believe is working on his golf game. I <laughs> am, yeah. Some of the actively. social pictures I've seen, man, yeah. Yes, okay. yes, <laughs> actively. So, no, I, you know, Tuesday, obviously, I was not playing. We were down at the Players' Championship down in Jacksonville, just checking out some of the golf. And, man, those guys are good, man. They make it look so easy, don't they? And then you get out there. It, it gives you that itch, too. You're like, I, I got to hit the golf course. And, and then you get out there and you're like, this game is incredibly hard. And uh, I maybe never want to play again. But, no, I, I've uh, 
admittedly been uh, using some of my afternoons to get out in the driving range and play a little bit. And I actually played competitive golf growing up. I was about 16. A lot of people don't know that. My dad played college oh. golf at USC Aiken. So the, the golf nice. runs in my blood a little bit. And uh, I played high school golf. I was a freshman. And at that point, I chose between golf and baseball. And I loved golf, but I had a passion for baseball. And I'm glad I did because, you know, baseball is one of those games you kind of have a small window to play it. But golf, I mean, just play forever. So, anyways, enough about my golf game and the, the struggles yeah. it is. But, uh, guys, I love the new tune. Love the new tune, by the way, coming in. That was that was a catchy tune. I like that. I need to add that. That's to my uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Haney. Haney. Michael yeah. Haney is it really? I love that. That was, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, he uh, wrote it with Patrick Davis. So, it's a part of the, the big Gamecock music collection. So, it's – um, it's something else. And, uh, of course, yeah. Michael uh, and, and I do uh, the J.C. Morgan podcast yeah. together. And um, he, uh, we're recording one this afternoon, guys. So uh, nice. those of you that like J.C. and Morgan, let me know. Well, yeah. Chris, uh, we'll start with basketball, just kind of wrap up the season. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned it uh, sort of in our first hour. But, uh, you know, like to me, like we were talking earlier, the positives are, Hey, Michi's coming back. Jacoby mm-hmm. Wright's coming back. Josh Gray's coming back. I'm still a Josh guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, he's just like one step away. Just got to add some offense. Got to pour some aggression in his head. Get him aggressive. But uh, I think, um, I think uh, you know, I, I think that's that's three people out of thirteen. They need more. But uh, I think those three coming back help help the calls for next yeah. season. But uh, your thoughts on how the season went down and sort of. Um, you know, looking forward. Yeah, well, first, your point to Michi, Josh, and uh, Jacoby, right? I, th- I think it's a great foundation for sure. I mean, we all know going into year two, it's all going to come down to what pieces can Lamont Paris bring in? Who can he go out and get, right? Because you need to add more SEC quality basketball players to this roster. But, uh, I mean, you know, guys, the season just kind of – it kind of was what it was. You know what I mean? It's just a topsy-turvy roller coaster. A lot more lows than highs, I think. But I, but I will say – and you made the great point, JC. Like, would anybody sit here and say that, you know, Lamont Parrish should get an A-plus grade for the year and that he he absolutely just maximized the talent at every turn? I, you know, I don't know if it's really fair to say that. And it's interesting because I, I asked this question last week about, you know, would you would you call the season a success? Because technically, guys, technically you overachieved, right? I mean, you didn't finish dead last. You were the 12 seed in the SEC tournament, right? You you beat Kentucky at Rupp. You beat the arch rival. Like, you know, per preseason expectations, you quote-unquote overachieve, but it also does feel weird to label a year in which you, you know, you had the record that you did, you know, be, be beating our chest and saying that, you know, it was a massive success in year one. So, um, you know, I, I did think this team, though, down the stretch, I thought you saw some improvements. I, I loved the evolution, like you mentioned, Jacoby Wright and a, and a Josh Gray, who I think a Gray, I mean, I think he could be one of the better big men in this league. Um, but, you know, all, all in all, again, year ones are always special for new head coaches, even when they're tumultuous like this one was, because it's just the beginning of a new era and you look for any reason for optimism and, and hope and and things to cling to. You know, but it was an interesting year, no doubt, with G.G. Jackson. And I posed the question last night, do you feel like we, you know, what are your feelings on, on his tenure at South Carolina? Because I'm like you, J.C., I'd be absolutely shocked if he was back. It's probably over. And um, you know, there, there were certainly the highlights, and I think there were moments where G.G. Jackson showed you why he's a potential lottery pick and a guy that, you know, it'll be really cool when he's hopefully in the NBA one day and we can say, hey, that guy's a Gamecock, he's a South Carolina product. But And then you think about the season that, you know, one of the biggest storylines of this year when I look back was a, was a post-game Instagram live video. That's just the kind of season it was, man. It was crazy, and it was all over the place. And 
Um, we all knew that we were in for a bit of a rough ride, if you will, of what Lamont was left with. And, you know, now the work really begins. I know, JC, I brought this up on the show after you got off, but you mentioned when Lamont Paris had talked to, I believe it was Derek Scott, I think looking back saying, you know, kind of wish we'd hit the portal harder. I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, I don't remember the exact quote, but uh, there's no excuses this time around, right? You, you know you need to go out there and get some guys, get some SEC-quality guys and build out the roster because, you know, I, I mean, while our expectations might be low, there's no reason South Carolina, in my mind, can't make a major jump next year to – you know, massively, massively improve and, uh, you know, maybe make a run at maybe some sort of postseason play. Maybe NIT could come into the picture uh, in year two. But, uh, you know, I, I made the, I, I, you know, lightheartedly said mercifully the season had come to an end. And But, you know, I, I didn't feel as, like, happy that it was over last night when that game ended because, I don't know, just year one of Lamont Paris, it, it was a fun ride. But, um, yeah, now, now the building for year two, I think, really begins, guys. So that country song, One More Day. Last night, which I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of that song. But anyway, it uh, they overplayed it. But I, I was just kind of hoping for one more, you know. I, yeah, not but I on the on the flip side, on the flip side, we, yeah, on the flip side, we don't have to watch us lose to Tennessee by forty plus for the third time. This yeah, there's the positive. Stroke. There's the positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it you don't know, have to be Rick Burns' tune-up game. To head into <laughs> yeah, exactly. And look, some people are are some of the the. Anti Frank Martin crowd, which was not an anti Frank Martin guy, never was. It was probably mm. just time for him to move on, right? Yeah. Uh, they're crowing about Frank only putting up 30, his team only putting up 38 points in their conference tournament, right? 71 right. 38. They lost to, I think, Richmond or Rhode Island mm. one. I think it was um, Richmond. Richmond, 38 yeah. points, you know. Spiders. In a, in a game, he had more rebounds than points. Mm. I think Lamont Paris may have, uh, Against Tennessee again, it could have they could have been below thirty eight. So uh, in, in a tournament setting, so so at least there's that. You know, Carolina did not just score thirty eight points, and you have to, to worry about uh, Tennessee uh, embarrassing you yet again. Because and that's one thing that has to change, Chris. In my opinion, uh, from a coaching and mentality standpoint, is this team next year has to play better against teams that want to get in their face and guard them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, they just fell apart. Any of these big time defensive teams, they just seem to fall apart this year. I, I, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree that that's one thing? Yeah. Just oh, yeah. overall, that has to get better. Whether that's personnel wise, coaching wise, mentality wise, mindset wise, what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when teams decided they were going to get in their grill, uh, game guys didn't have a lot of answers this year. Yeah, I mean the stats reflected, JC. I mean, you, you look at the offensive stats. South Carolina was one of the worst teams in college basketball, basically across the board, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, when it got bad, it got pretty ugly, and I think it's for that reason you just mentioned. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's something that, I, again, I don't know if it's a mentality issue, if it's just something that comes with having better talent on your roster and better players as a whole, but certainly it's, it's something that's got to be fixed for sure, and I, I don't know what it is. Hopefully baseball is starting to cure this, right, and the end of the football season cured it as well, but it's like Gamecocks Athletics – and bad offense. I don't know why that's going hand in hand for so long, but yeah, would like to <laughs> would like to see that change sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah last year, I mean, last season that people were wondering. It was like you know, heading into last football season. I made that point. I was like, look, look at the uh, you know, I say four major sports. I include women's basketball mm-hmm. in it because you know the sports that are on that can possibly be on national TV. How about that? Right, uh, right. Except for a championship or something. Um, 
and, and I, th- I thought about it. I was like, football team half the time couldn't, or baseball team couldn't hit it. Basketball team couldn't throw in the ocean half the time. And even the women's team, even though they won the national championship, they would get cold and yeah. brick layups and then go through these long shooting. Not so much this year with that bunch, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, what is it with Carolina and, like, uh, you know, not being able to shoot, hit, score touchdowns? I mean, uh, so that's absolutely right. And hopefully – you know, and, and then so you, so that's why I would have never dreamed South Carolina beats Tennessee sixty three to thirty eight yeah. football. You know, and yeah. outscores them, but that's uh, that's the deal there. So, um, you know, switching to a team that is scoring right now, a baseball man. Uh, you know, I, I said on your show earlier today. I'm, I'm glad nobody looked at my phone around the seventh inning on Saturday when the Gamecocks got behind seven three to Clemson, and you know. I thought they were toast because many, many times, right, in the the teams that aren't good. I don't think we knew how good Kana was or wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, before the Clemson series. I think it was promising, but that was it. Uh, teams come back from down 3 nothing. They tie it. They're struggling at the plate at the time. Clemson comes back and puts a four spot up. That's it. It's over. I mean, that's been the way it's been a lot around here. And it wasn't meant to be, though, because uh, the Gamecocks responded in in pure Gamecock baseball fashion. Yep. Uh, not only took the 8-7 lead, uh, but we just talked to JB. He's in Maggie Valley, North Carolina, and he said Messina's ball just came flying by his head at his cabin. Uh, <laughs> and that, that three-run shot was a monster. So it's yeah. 11-7, a hell of 11-9, and then dominated. Could have been worse on Sunday yeah. uh, and the wind not been blowing in. You know – to me, that's it's not so much what happened; it's how it happened that's encouraging, uh, yeah. you know. And then, of course, the midweek games, you know, Citadel and Upstate. That's that's not uh, it's not a piece of candy and a piece of pie there. I mean, th- those yeah. are those are capable baseball teams. Carolina just goes out and slugs them forty-two to five. They've outscored their opponents since that uh, comeback against Clemson. You know, your thoughts on on how they're swinging the sticks and. And uh, and I'm right here, four games of the SEC season starts. Yeah, I think Cole Messina's ball has not landed yet, guys. Truly, <laughs> that was one of the hardest hits baseballs you're ever going to see. But uh, hey, the Air Force is going to shoot it out of the sky like yeah. the Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> yeah, they're tracking yeah. it right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it. I think it hit the Chinese spy balloon. I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> one less one yeah. to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, the, the weekend, guys. I mean, what, what a great weekend for college baseball. I mean, like I told you, JC, the best rivalry in all of college baseball delivers yet again. Um, you know, I, I felt like Friday didn't shock me. I think what was really surprising Friday was just kind of the way the Tigers dominated that game. I thought it'd be a much more back and forth type affair, but again, you got to give them a lot of credit right on their home field. I talked about, I thought they were going to be desperate. They were, they played with that energy. They played like a team again, that had lost four in a row and needed something good to happen. They were on the attack and they got after Will Sanders and it wasn't the Gamecocks night. So you go down Oh one and yeah, like you mentioned, JC and Phil, the resiliency and the ability to respond to adversity, that's what was so encouraging. You know, in a series like that, you need guys to step up in big-time moments. And that's the beauty of baseball, right? No matter what happens, you, you get opportunities to make a name for yourself, to make something happen in, in those big-time moments. And, you know, a guy like that's getting forgotten about a little bit is Carson Hornung, who had been struggling. I mean, absolutely was ice cold, and he hits that big home run. And I think that really sparked this offense, and it sparked this ball club as well. And you know, the Saturday game was crazy. I mean, that's just one of the crazier baseball games you're ever going to see, and it really speaks to why 
the Carolina Clemson sucks rivalry is so special. But, uh, you know, getting that win on Saturday, you know, I felt like, guys, I'll tell you this, after Ryan Ammons went out for Clemson sucks, I really felt like their pitching staff was so thin. I felt like, you know, the deeper you get into that pitching staff of those guys, I, I, I think you're going to have a great opportunity to really get the sticks going. And that's what you saw. I mean, I, they just ran out of pitching, right? Uh, on Saturdays, you got deeper in the bullpen. They absolutely imploded. And then on Sunday, we felt really good about obviously being at home. And, you know, I would have been absolutely shocked had Carolina lost that game. And even when it was two to one or whatever, I felt like the Gamecocks have got this one in the bag with the pitching advantage. And, and again, just being on your home field. And, you know, you talked about the midweek as well, JC. And what I'm loving seeing again, I talked about it earlier in the season, but it's just the the patience and the confidence in the box. You know, I'm, I'm just – I'm seeing a lot of guys, even Friday, I felt like when you lost to the Tigers, I'm seeing a lot of guys, it feels like, go up there with a plan. You know, they, they, they're they looking for their pitch, right? I mean, they're, they're being tough outs, but also not giving the pitcher, not helping the pitcher at all by swinging anything out of the zone, if you will. And, you know, when you got a bunch of big, strong, powerful hitters as well and, and capable hitters and, uh, you know, you're being patient, you're forcing the pitcher to beat you, you know, you're going to put yourself in a lot of good positions. So, um, you know, it's rolling like now, right now it's clicking, you know, <laughs> they made me look foolish as two days ago. I said, Hey, don't be surprised if this is the week where you lose your first midweek game. And boy, did they respond to that ever? I mean, I, I didn't see 19 to one coming last night. I can tell you that. So, um, you know, you love to see it, you know, as we get closer and closer to the SEC play, I think we're all expecting the sweep this weekend. I'm picking the sweep. Uh, I think you got a great opportunity to do so. And this is your last tune up before SEC play guys. It's a big weekend, obviously to, you know, to keep things rolling and keep that confidence and continue to build on your confidence. But, uh, yeah, no, a, a great series win over Clemson sucks. I mean, I think, again, people came into that series with the feelings of, you know, the Gamecocks are just going to roll all over them. And it's baseball, man. It's crazy. And with the emotions running high like that, um, you know, you never know. You, th- you really truly do throw the records out the window. But glad South Carolina was able to come out on top. And, you know, you just love the way they're attacking the game right now. I think, again, it's a team that is very, very talented. We said that all preseason but is also playing with tons of confidence and uh, things are clicking right now. And again, you just hope to see that continue as we go into SEC play. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, coach this morning too, Chris, and, and just, you know, and I could feel it watching it in person for the first time this year, last night here in Greenville, this team is together, right? They're having fun They're, I mean, they're they're just, it's everything you want to see in a dugout, you know, from teams that in the past we know have have done well, just enjoying the sport, uh, playing well with each other. And then, uh, you know, and, and, and King said it, he was like, yeah, this is a team that's, you know, playing together and, and, you know, and, and when you put that together with the talent that this team has, then, Hey, here we are. We have, yeah, I'm feel- not a big fan of Nebraska, but, you know, I guess <laughs> we'll all be out there in Omaha later as well. Yeah, <laughs> Phil, I was going to say really quickly to JC's point, too, that it's just so encouraging to see South Carolina, the way they got down, uh, losing that Friday game, you know, through five innings, look dead. I was the same way, JC. I mean, we were doing the live stream watch along, but in my mind, I was just like, God, I was already thinking, I was like, tomorrow's watch along is going to be brutal because we're going to have lost the series already. And, I mean, everybody's just going to be so down and out. But, you know, for this team, too, because you think about the game of baseball, I mean, it is a game of, you know, you have to have that confidence and that team mentality and be picking up your teammates and having fun because if if you beat yourself up over every single little mistake in baseball, the game is just going to beat you to your knees and make you wish you were playing it no more because it's a game literally of failure. So the fact this team has been able to – keep that same confidence and that energy and that excitement through some adversity that we've seen 
early on. I mean, I think to JC's point, again, you know, maybe that loss was a good thing. I know that sounds weird to say, but it's it's a positive to go through adversity and to respond to it so that you know, you know, when you get in SEC play, because you're going to run into adversity. I mean, you're going to lose games. It's going to happen. It only is going to get tougher from here, but the Gamecocks have been through it now and been through some of those battles that they'll see. So I think that's a really encouraging sign moving forward. And like you mentioned, Phil, I mean, you combine the right mentality and attitude and excitement with talent. Well, you're really cooking. And that's why you're 13 and one. Yep. Gabe guys played Bethune Cookman this week. And uh, <clears throat> Bethune, uh, for a MEAC HBCU team, uh, have not been to the tournament since 2017 when they actually defeated the Florida Gators in, in one game in the um, – in the regional down there, uh, they lost their coach, Jason Beverly, after that. And now Jonathan Hernandez has not been back. Um, I know the pandemic hit some of those schools pretty hard athletically as well, though. Uh, but they're a proud program, uh, at least since 1999. Uh, like I said, you know, 14 regionals. Uh, you know, the, I think that's a sweep. I'm, I'm you know, predicting the sweep, but, uh, you know, th- this is a program that historically, you know, ha- has has jumped up and bit some people. You know, right down there in Daytona, a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of baseball talent in the state of Florida. Period. Oh, and, yeah. um, probably a pretty good place to go to school. But uh, you know, and I say that as a lead into this: they do sweep it and they beat PC next week. Uh, would you have thought twenty-one and one before SEC play started with with this group at the beginning of the year? So, JC, I actually went back and did the math, by the way. You and I were both wrong. It'd be 17 and one. So, I just want to, because some, somebody else corrected me after we had spoken, it'd be 17 and did one. Did I say 21 and one? Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. I, 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 and I, I went with you. Listen, I went with you. So I'm, I'm just as guilty. I went with you. It'd be 17. I, I'm already way, on the Georgia series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, either, either way, though, the point, the point does still stand. Uh, no, simply put, no. I, I would not have predicted – you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like, when you look at the schedule in the preseason, you know, you you know, I picked 34 and 22 overall and 15 and 15 in SEC play. So, what, I, I picked you to go 19 and 9, I believe it is, if I'm doing my math correctly, something like 19 and 9 uh, in non-conference play. And you, you kind of feel like in the preseason, you're like, okay, like, should South Carolina lose this game? No, but it's baseball, right? Should Tennessee have lost to Boston College? Should Florida have given up seven runs in the ninth inning to South Florida and lost? No, but you have to expect the unexpected when it comes to baseball. So, I mean, a 17-1 and one start, you really could not have asked for a better start. You, you truly couldn't have. And you took two of three against the arch rival, of course. So, um, you know, you feel good about it. And, guys, and I would agree with you, J.C., listen, Bethune-Cutman, a proud baseball program. But this this series is all about South Carolina. This is all about the Gamecocks. Uh, you look at some of the Power 5 competition that Bethune-Cutman has faced. I know that doesn't necessarily matter, Um you know, that doesn't necessarily matter in college baseball, but uh, the two notable opponents they played at this point, they lost to Florida State on Tuesday 10-1, to and they got shut out in the midweek by UCF. So I think the Gamecocks pitchers are really going to have an opportunity to feast this week. And, I mean, SEC teams are going to have trouble hitting those guys. So I think Bethune-Cookman is in for quite a challenge. And uh, it just, uh, guys, it really comes down to South Carolina. I mean, it's all about them uh, continuing to stay hot. You know, it's your last tune-up before SEC play, and so just continuing to play – Play the game the right way, you know, continue to build that confidence. I mean, you, you literally use games and series like this to, to boost stats and to boost numbers. And I talked about that, you know, I really felt like it was imperative for this group to get off to a hot start and be hitting above 300 
by the time you got an SEC play, and right now you're right on pace to do that. I think you're hitting right around 316. You got a 245 ERA. So you should have some pretty impressive numbers going into SEC play, including that overall record. So, I mean, guys, I, I think it's been about as good a start as you could have asked for. You know, as I talked about in the preseason, you have not had those inexcusable losses in the midweek that just that make you scratch your head. And that really speaks to the pitching depth on this team is unlike we've seen in, in years in Columbia. So uh, I think you feel good about where you're at and sticking with this weekend, JC. I do also have the Gamecocks sweeping. I think it's all about South Carolina. This is your last weekend to kind of tinker for the, with the lineup and, and guys winning jobs. I was talking about on our show earlier. I think it's a huge weekend for a guy like Dylan Brewer, right? Brewer and Evan Stone and, and Will Tippett are fighting, I think, for that last outfield spot. I think all of a sudden you've seen Dylan Brewer kind of step up and and make his case to be one of your starters out there, and I think he probably will. So I think if he can put together a solid weekend this weekend, I think going to SEC play you're going to find him in that lineup. But, uh, no, it, it's all about the Gamecocks this weekend. I think they will take care of business. I think they will sweep, and I think the baseball – on, uh, I haven't checked the weather, but what I think will probably be a pretty warm weekend at Founders, I think you're going to see the baseball flying all over the yard this weekend for the Yardcocks. Bethune Cup is led by Jonathan Hernandez in this tier cover in 2019. The guy, Jason Beverland, that took them to a bunch of those regionals they went to is now the pitching coach at Coastal Carolina. Mm. Uh, so he's within the state now. So that's nice. interesting there. Nice. Uh, real quickly, Chris, football. Um, uh, looking at uh, spring practice start next week, what is, you know, what's one guy or, or two guys or a handful of guys you're, you're looking forward to kind of uh, to keep an eye on? Because, I mean, like we talked earlier, you're like, I think we sort of, because we all love it so much, we overhype what really it is. But, uh, you know, it, it's it, it, and that's true. But right. You always kind of are looking for players and stuff and kind of mm. seeing how, anybody in particular you're looking forward to, to checking out and hearing about uh, during spring ball. Yeah, well, and I'll say this too, JC and Phil. I, I think you can pull some things in regards to like who's being talked about, right? Sometimes that chatter really does lead to, you know, you start hearing about some guys and, and it translates, right? I, mean, I remember the first uh, or the 2021 preseason where like Juju McDowell was the dude. I remember it was uh, – Somebody had told me that, you know, Connor Shaw had said Juju McDowell is like the best player on offense this preseason. And sure enough, it turned out in that season, Juju McDowell was a freak, you know, as a true freshman. So sometimes it does. Sometimes this preseason chatter does lead to you do get some inside scoop on kind of who's going to be your big impact players. But, you know, realistically going into spring ball, the, the first name that for whatever reason jumps out to me is, is Puff Howard. Like I'm, I'm really you – know, a lot of these newcomers, right, how, how do they – uh, you know, what type of impact do they make early, and especially with Puff, right, went through the bowl practices and stuff like that. So I think he's got a, a head start on some things, and linebacker is going to certainly be a position that we keep an eye on. You know, Stone Blanton expected to be sort of the guy there, but and Mo Cobble returning from injury. But you do lose a lot there with Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson. I think Puff Howard is going to have an opportunity to play immediately. You mentioned, J.C., earlier, and I'd agree with you, a, a basically a new-look secondary, you know, a retooled secondary in Marcellus Dial, Donnell Fortune, at the corners, right? You're, you're replacing Cam Smith, Darius Rush. How much of a drop off, if any, will it be there? Uh, you know, on the offensive side, I'll actually sticking with defense, I'll say all these newcomers up front of the defensive line. Um, you know, who are we hearing about? Who are they talking about? Which guys could potentially break the two deep and be immediate impact guys as youngsters? Because certainly the talent that was brought in there was immense. Uh, on the offensive side, guys, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if you're really going to get a solution to this, but the running back position. I mean, 
I, I don't know if you guys would disagree. I, I think it's imperative South going to pick somebody up in the transfer portal. I mean, especially after Lavoisier Carroll, he announces his medical retirement from football. Uh, you know, Dontavious Braswell comes in as a freshman. You do have Juju McDowell, who I, you know, I think we all kind of question, is he really an every down back? And then, you know, Mario Anderson from Newberry is one that's really intriguing, but I, I would not be surprised if South kind of went out and sort of got a, a proven SEC or at minimum power five ball carrier, somebody who's done it before at this level. Uh, you know, I know you taught JC the tight end position with Trey Knox, really, really excited to get a glimpse of him in the spring game and just sort of what he looks like in a Gamecocks uniform, what type of target he could be for the Gamecocks. And, uh, and then the wide receiver position, the battle out there on the outside, you know, it's, uh, you know, who's going to step up beyond Juice Wells. I think we feel good about Xavier Leggett and what Amarion Brown can do. Dak Joyner, of course, is back and he can make a contribution, but <clears throat> is there anybody else out there on the outside? Maybe the kid from Memphis that transferred in or somebody else that could come in and be a proven, truly wide receiver too, or just a proven weapon on the outside. So there's tons of storylines. I know that was a bit of a long-winded answer, but you know it's hard to give just one thing you're looking at. And oh, by the way, there's still a guy named Spencer Rattler on, on the uh, on the roster that will obviously draw lots of eyeballs in spring practice. And you know what's the competition like behind him? Is it as simple as Luke Doty is QB two? Or does a guy like a Lenora Sellers, you know, we, we've heard, I'm, I'm not sure, guys, you can correct me. Is he on the roster for spring practice or is that going to be a Yeah, I only bring his name up because I heard Trey Knox say that, like, he's got maybe the best arm on the team and the guy just got there. So uh, the, the battle behind Spencer Rattler, because this will be a big year, guys, in regards to developing those quarterbacks. And I know this coaching staff, they know that. But it's, it's a definite now that Spencer Rattler's gone after this year, I believe. Uh, you know, yeah, who's exactly. be, kind of, yeah, who's who's going to be who's going to be waiting in the wings, right, to to be the next quarterback at South Carolina? So you know, a lot for us, for us, yeah, for us diehards, obviously, there's there's tons of storylines and spring ball, and it all culminate April the fifteenth at seven o'clock at Willie B with that spring game, and you know, we'll be excited to get our first glimpses, especially at some of this young talent, and uh, like you mentioned too, JC, don't forget about the offensive line or the offensive front, some of the battles up there, some of the newcomers, and. Maybe some of those young guys. You never, you don't really ever want to be in a position to play a true freshman. But God, you added so many, so many talented guys up front. Uh, you know what type of impact can those guys make? So yeah, it's, it's always a lot of fun, guys, getting your first look. And it's certainly, I know we're all excited, counting down already for that spring game and and getting our first glimpse at the twenty twenty three Gamecocks. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Appreciate you, man, and uh, uh, enjoy yourself uh, this afternoon and all that. And uh, nice to have you on with us and. Really looking forward to talking to you next week. Hopefully, uh, by the time we talk next week, they'll be seventeen and one, and I won't say twenty-one <laughs> and one. Hey, speaking uh, into existence. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I love I'm it. Count Georgia series, right? You know. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Chris, uh, enjoyed it, bud. You, you have a good time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, JC, Phil, I appreciate you guys. Thank y'all so much for the flexibility and uh, accommodating the schedule today. And looking forward to chatting next week. All Always, right. man. Thanks. I got to take. Yes, sir. Chris Phillips, Spurs Up Show, and we got to hit a break. We'll look after these messages inside the game. The show rolls on. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. 
Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Warrior of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to The Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, 803-446-4662. was how to get in touch with John Barber and his team down there. Talk about potentially turning your backyard into an outdoor retreat. And, of course, we are powered and charged by Electric Bites of Charleston. Electric Bites of Charleston, changing the exercise game is the way that it reads right here. They're happy to take care of all of your electric bike needs. These things are actually pretty cool, y'all. You can do it uh, normally. Just go out there and get you some exercise, pedal in the bike. If you get a little tired, put it in the pedal assist mode. These things go up to 28 miles an hour, run a full charge 60 miles, so you can get quite a bit away from home there be the perfect thing for uh, bar hopping down on the islands down there on the coast. Might be why they're located in Mount Pleasant Ooh. for all of your low country needs. Go see them. Uh, I saw Sondra in the chat box. Hopefully they had an opportunity to get down there, but Gamecock owned and operated clients from Hilton Head, Myrtle Beach, Columbia and beyond. So check out electric bikes of Charleston, electric bikes, Charleston.com. And they stream it. They have us on every day. That's Inside right. The Gamecocks show. Of course, uh, we're here in the Sinorama studios. Uh, hit up Sinorama in Columbia or wherever else for all your sign needs. Uh, and we certainly appreciate that. And Express Sunroom, our title sponsor 
uh, for sponsoring us here. So we got on some football. Let's talk some football, Phil. How about that? Yeah. We got some football. Let's talk a little football. Oh, you're ready for some football. Always. Yeah. I saw Hank Williams Jr. live a few years back when I lived <laughs> in Greenville Amphitheater <laughs> in Simpsonville. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. was a really good concert, man. I mean, I, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did, but we went. It was sat out there on the lawn, had some tall, cold, tall lattes, watched mm-hmm. Hank. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. If, I recommend it. I recommend it. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, we were talking to Chris. I think we got the we got the weather report wrong for this week. It's supposed to be in the 60s and uh, Sunday will be rainy and 60. Yeah. So I guess that's cold. It's starting to snow this afternoon. I, was, I walked outside during the break and uh, some flakes are coming out of the sky. <laughs> Shoo, buddy. We were talking about March snows this morning. I was like, don't count it out. Yeah. It could happen. It could happen. Well, in the South, <laughs> that's what I, I, t- I tell, I tell Matt all the time. Because, you know, we're sitting there in February and, and down south, it's like 75 and people are playing golf and going to the beach or whatnot. It's just beautiful weather. And that that's when, when you lived in the north, the fall is not so bad because the fall, the falls up here are like plus, it's like between 55 and 70, yeah. uh, which is fall weather to me. Quite frankly, I don't like it to be 90 degrees in November. It, it messes no. with my emotions. But the spring is the cruel part because – it winter doesn't go away. I mean, you know, it's it snowed two feet on April fifteenth, the first winter I was here during the pandemic. People, people want people wonder I lost track. I lost track of time. It, it got said because you know we're all locked down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no sports, and so I, and I usually tell you know my internal calendar is like sports and weather, right? You know, so uh, no March Madness. You know, so that that screwed me up, and then April it's snowing. Finally, and 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 every 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 summer I've lived here too. On exactly June first, that's when you know it's not going to be forty degrees at night anymore. I mean, like June first, right? yeah. like clockwork. It's amazing, <laughs> but the, the spring is extremely cruel uh, up here because of all that. But I, I do tell her in the South, we always have that one cold week in March. It's just a week, yeah. Mm-hmm. But and it's like you got to break back out the jackets and stuff, and sometimes it does snow in early March. Uh, but it's just a week, and then uh, boom, spring or here. That's just how it goes. Uh, so this is maybe the cool weekend. So we're talking about breakout players. Craiger says I'd like to see Omega Blake breakout or Kylie Hart, Kylie Horton, as far as under the radar guys. Kylie's really had some good practices uh, coming on. Uh, of course, I got that originally from the quote from Marcus Satterfield when he was asked about him, and then uh, I followed up with some guys. He's got a shot. Omega, um, well, we'll see. We'll see. I hope uh, Omega's a great athlete. Uh, it's just you know, the, if the light can come on for him, it's great. He's a bigger receiver. Uh, Clint mentions Phil Moffa from Clemson being in the portal. Uh, he was, but got back out. They got. I think. I think the Tigers got him an NIL deal and he returned to Clemson. We're curious to see the Riley offense, which does run the ball more than people think with Shipley and Moffa next year, if they can solve their offensive line issues, um, you know, cause I actually like, I think Phil Moffa is a 
hard enough guy. I mean, yeah, he's an excellent running back for sure. He fumbled, he fumbled the punt, the punt return that time, or the free kick. You remember, but uh, but that's okay. You know, he's a, he's he's a tough guy. That that's the type you're on to something there, Clint. Because I I believe that's the type of guy Carolina needs. Mm-hmm. A bigger physical guy that can take a pounding, can get some carries, all that stuff. Anybody they have running the ball, and I think Mario Anderson's that type of guy, but he's one guy. Yeah, you need so you two. think about what, yeah. Well, yeah, what if Mario Anderson gets hurt, and then what if Dante Miller isn't eligible? Because I'll tell you right now, he's practicing, but that's not a resolved situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, you're with Juju McDowell and Tavius Braswell, and then DJ Twitty. And Nathan Harris, Wyrick, or Weinick, the, the two walk-ons. So, yeah, that would be, um, yeah, yeah. So they, they and and from talking to people around the program, guys, they, they feel like they feel like they're going to get it. So I think uh, you know uh, it, it's just one of those things. Um, Craig listened to some Hankel on the boat last weekend. That's always a good spot. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, so there's questions about Nick Harbor's catching ability. I, I'm not going to tell you that the guy looked AJ Green or Sean Jerry or Sidney Rice catching the ball or T Higgins, uh, name your receiver. But he's also not like, you know, Sammy McStonehands that, that's out there or Edwards. <laughs> Some guys that can't catch, they, they, they look like uh, Edward Sizzans. They're just like, that movie Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> what a dark movie that was. Winona Ryder, Johnny Depp. Winona Ryder. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But some guys, some guys look like that, and um, Nick does not. You know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's. I mean, like I said, name your receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Name your receiver, um, but. Uh, He's uh he's just as skilled at catching the ball as say Debo was coming out of high school or Shy or now I don't know Shy kind of Shy was very natural at catching the ball so I'm not going to include Shy maybe I want to say Brian Edwards and I'll put it this way if Nick Harbor looks like Brian Edwards Brian Edwards is a freshman in terms of playing the position Nick Harbor is going to be pretty special because Brian came in and you know, contributed a lot right away. I mean, that's why he broke the record. But uh, I remember seeing Brian in a preseason scrimmage. I think that was the last one in program history that was open to the media. Um, But uh, I remember seeing him go up and catch it and high point the ball like Lance was saying Harbor can do. Uh, And and that's kind of my feeling, just evaluating his catching ability. I, Like I said, he's not Edward Scissorhands, but he's not A.J. Green. Uh, either. Uh, Clint said Harper need to hit the Doug's machine. I heard him off the ball a little bit at UA, but not very natural, at least not yet. Yeah, I watched some of that, and I followed up with some people down there. I hate to say this, but that report, that's like one guy that watched a couple of reps and made an observation. Because uh, I heard different. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm not promising, uh, like I said, A.J. Green or anybody like that. But, yeah, but I think, you know, when Justin Stepp's track record of actually, you know, kind of making these guys improve from what we saw them before he got there, uh, I think will also bode well for Mr. Harbor since he's going to be in that room. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, I, I do think 
hit the uh, hit the jugs machines good for everybody. I mean, yeah. uh, Jared says Stonehands from Necessary Roughness. What, what was his name? Featherstone. Featherstone. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's what I was sitting here trying to think. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Kathy Ireland, my favorite kicker of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared says Edwards did make some incredible grabs during his time at Columbia. Yeah, and he got better mm-hmm. and better at it. That catch up at Tennessee, uh, which is probably the last good moment of that season, if you think about it. I Caroline did beat Vanderbilt later, but uh, that was one of the best catches in program history. Uh, Quantrell says, bro, I remember watching Edwards scissor hands as a kid. And my mom made us turn it off because of the scene where it got risque in the barbershop. Oh, yeah. Scene. yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, I remember I used risque. to sneak and watch uh, watch uh, Porky's. Remember Porky's? Porky's yes, Revenge? Porky's. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a little kid, I thought it was just a huge deal to watch Porky. I'm going to sneak and watch Porky's. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that, but yeah. Speaking of jugs, <laughs> Greg. Speaking of jugs, jugs hands. Um, Bruin says if Clemson offense comes out and lights it up, and Carolina struggles, the whole Dowell Riley issue is going to blow the hell up. It shouldn't. You look at Clemson scale. Yeah, right. Yeah, versus yeah. South Carolina's. Yeah, you see what I mean, the uh, early Carolina returns plays, on strength of schedule are for the Gamecocks this year. <laughs> a neutral site game against North Carolina, and then the two top teams in the SEC East on the road in September. Let's just let's just uh, respect the schedule for Clemson. Hush. Respect <laughs> my Tigers. Respect them. Respect. Respect. All right, so uh, Clemson's 23 football schedule. I love how they put 23 24. Mm. Just a spare on them. All right, so Monday night, Labor Day showdown at, in front of about, uh, you know, 12,000 people at Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham. They play Duke. <laughs> then uh, the mighty Charleston Southern Buccaneers invade Death Valley the next week. I think Carolina plays firm in that weekend. Uh, September 16th game is um, the Florida Atlantic Owls coming to Death Valley. Uh, Florida State is game four. Uh, and then the game, uh, then the Tigers go to Syracuse. So, yeah, okay. So they've light up in the Florida State game, and the Gamecocks can't move it against Tennessee or North Carolina. Yeah, I think maybe then people are kind of doing it, but I, I, I just, I, I think with this whole situation, you know, like, look, coaching matters, and if Dowell Loggins does work out, then hey, you know, it, it was not a hire that 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 I would stood on the table for to begin with, but I, I also feel like coaching's overrated at times when you're talking about well, you know. If all your players leave, you know, <laughs> and, uh, in Carolina, I mean, you know, Rattler wasn't. There was no way Rattler's playing for Lincoln Riley's brother. If you think about it, there's no way he wants to play an air raid offense. Uh, if you think about it, um, I think with Loggins, you kind of sneakily got a good college offensive uh, offensive plan from him. 
uh, sneakily while still having the NFL pedigree. That's my belief. Mm. We'll see what happens. But, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, you know, you, you compare it game to game and compare FSU, Clemson, maybe Carolina, Tennessee, and, oh, Clemson lit at Florida State up. And, you know, Carolina struggled to move it against Tennessee. That, that, that'd be a good comparison. But overall, if Clemson's sitting at fifth in the country in total offense after these five games, it will surprise nobody. Yeah, at all. So, no, yeah. my, so uh, I, I don't know if that should that should happen or not. And I also say this: Shane Beamer never talked to Garrett Riley. <laughs> not like Garrett Riley turned him down, folks. Let's let's, let's remind let's, everybody. <laughs> let's be facts. Oh my God, Bill says hands like DL Moore. <laughs> not not Nick Harbor. Not Nick Harbor. No. Uh Lance says he sees Tory Gurley but faster and taller. Tory Gurley hands wise would be a good guy to compare him to. Uh I think. Um Meredith said uh I wanted to jump in the chat box, say hello before her next golf lesson. Go Gamecocks. Thanks, Meredith. Hey Mayor. Certainly appreciate that. All right. Okay. So final Let's break. Do our final right? break. Yeah, let's hit our final break. Yeah, that's break. what I said. Let's hit our final break. So uh, let's do uh, do the final break, and uh, we'll come back inside the Gamecocks, the show. Um, right after this. I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, In fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Kaba here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, presented to you by Express Sunrooms. And, of course, while uh, the baseball team was painting Greenville Garnet and Black, a couple of painters would be happy to paint your house, room in your house, Garnet and Black. 
They do all kinds of stuff, JC. I was just sitting here looking at what all we've got written down for what a couple of painters does. Like they uh, commercial and residential painting, staining a deck, fence, or cabinets. They do cabinets and furniture refinishing, wallpaper, popcorn, and pressure washing. Yeah, man, that cabinet stuff. We're looking at uh, some cabinet things here at the house and uh, not not cheap. Not cheap, I know. Yeah, we got these love cabinets too, boy. I could care less. (laughs) Get me some plastic bins from Walmart, and I'm fine. But the cabinets, boy, they, they, shoe buddy. No, yeah, something else. uh, 10% off for military too for a couple of painters, and uh, 10% off if you hear it on the show. So that's right. Lemmypaintsomething.com, Facebook.com/slash Lemmypaintsomething. Tristan and his uh, guys will be happy to reach out to you give you a good quote apparently they're uh inexpensive too for good quality work as jb says so two thousand dollars less than anybody else he had uh on a quote for his house and uh he's excited to get them started all right so there's some coaching talk here um quantrell is north carolina florida state in the acc championship game next year uh quantrell remember this though when picking acc next year they're they are abolishing divisions. That's right. Season. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it could be Clemson FSU part two. Um, let me look at the rest of Clemson's schedule. Uh, oh, they got mighty. They got at Syracuse. Wake at home. They do play at Miami, but tired of thinking Miami's going to do something. These back to back road games at Miami and NC State aren't easy. Notre Dame comes to town. Georgia Tech comes to town. Oh, they Notre do Dame. play North Carolina. They do play North Carolina in the regular season. The day, the week before they play Carolina. Well, that's so a, the that's, Tar Heels come to Death Valley. That's a relatively uh, tough ACC schedule there. That second half is really tough. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. Uh, back to back to at my, at Miami and NC State, then you got Notre Dame at home, then you got Georgia Tech at home, then you got North Carolina at home. So, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. I think, dear sir, it's a challenge. Like Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery. Clemson's schedule is a challenge. It's a challenge. It may have sounded a little more like Daniel Day Lewis. That might, yeah. <laughs> Fuel milkshake. Fuel milkshake. <laughs> the ACC. The ACC is the milkshake. If I have a milkshake and you have the ACC and I have a straw, there it is. I'll drink your milkshake. I'll drink it up. Anyway, that's pretty good. Um, Frank is like talking about log sneakily as in we all hated the pick when we heard it. I was like, but look, I started thinking about this the other day too. When is the time to stop questioning Shane Beamer? And, uh, Look, Marcus Satterfield didn't work out. We know that. That's well documented. But the, think about this. I didn't stop coming up and Kerry goes to take the Baylor job. And, um, you know, a lot of guys like Tim Brewster wanted to, wanted to get in the game. In it. Bobby Bentley would have loved to have come back. Uh, you know, there were a lot of – a lot of interest in that gig. He hires Jody Wright for the NFL and – Nobody'd really heard of him, right? Uh, well, all Jody Wright did was retool the tight end room in one year and help sign Nicholas Harbor. <laughs> uh, you know, it was Sterling Lucas or Christian Robinson 
for the uh, the linebackers job. Uh, you know, uh, Christian Robinson, uh, very accomplished recruiter, um, and um, you know, signed everybody at Florida. Uh, familiar with South Carolina because his dad Gus played at South Carolina. Uh, it's kind of funny that the linebackers job down to Taz that Dane lost in recruiting when he was an assistant because he was the recruiter for Christian Robinson and Sterling Lucas, and they both went elsewhere. Uh, so they settled on Sterling Lucas, who'd only been a GA in college. Well, all he did was go sign Nicholas Harbor and Desmond Umi Azulu. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, and as the Gamecocks right in the thick of things for Dylan Stewart, you know, the five-star for next year. So, I, you know, there's a win. You know, I don't know if anybody had Lonnie Teasley in the offensive line coach office pool when uh, mm. people were wanting to fire Greg Atkins. But that's working out amazingly, you know. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. You, you know, I, 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 there's just a lot of – when you look past the, the – you know, the, the bad stats in the NFL, which I, like I said, I don't think it matters good or bad. Had he been great in the NFL? Better. In fact, uh, I like the fact Dowell Loggins is trying to kind of reinvent himself and be a college coach. And I like the fact he decided to go be an analyst or initially at a place that pretty much knows offense in, in Penn state with Mike Yurchich and James Franklin. And then he went out there and worked with Kendall Powell's. Uh, those guys that is alma mater, and, and, and he's not a guy, unlike Satterfield, who I think got the NFL fever and decided to come back and, you know, make what was a mediocre system worse when he was here. Um, and I think we all saw, and he just, like, not tried to overcomplicate it. Carolina did pretty good on offense this past year consistently uh, based on the last two games. So there's that. Uh, and, and I think Marcus is a guy that would probably like to get back to the NFL. You know, I think I think that's maybe what, where his career path's going. That's not the case with Dowell Loggins. He wants change paths in, in, in coaching college. Yeah. You know, hopefully the rec- hopefully he doesn't burn out in recruiting if he's good. You know, because that's the thing there and and all that. So you know, I, I don't know. Hadn't seen him call a play. Not going to sit here and tell you he's you know some some genius play caller. Uh, but so far, so good. You know, guys that can recruit are very valuable. Uh, you know, and, and and you have to think if you call plays for however many years, six years on Sunday, you know, you're not going to be intimidated coaching against uh, Gene Chizik, <laughs> North Carolina. North Carolina. Gene, Gene's a great defensive coach. Don't get me wrong. A lot of respect oh, yeah. for him. But you're you're not going to be intimidating. Oh my God, Gene Chizik's. I mean, I, I thought I thought Brent Venables, the first Clemson game, they played totally intimidated. I mean, he he just whipped them, carved like a. I don't know. He was chopping like like the dude at the at the at the hibachi grill. <laughs> hey Phil, Phil, remember the last time me and you went to the hibachi grill? <laughs> Barely. Remember that night. <laughs> Woo-hoo. The sake was flowing in. I build yeah, as JC was the last one reshuffling the BOT at the state house. I, you know, it, it kind of died, and then Thad Westbrook took over his chair, and things kind of stabilized. I guess 
when it didn't pass the Senate, the Senate let the clock run out. It was really one of those things where, you know, they don't know. And certain key people have left to get it brought back up. And, of course, Dick Harpootlian has been a little busy, obviously. Um, but hopefully, I, I would love to see it come back. I mean, I, you know, whether or not you like the structure or not, I'd, I'd like to see the streamline the board and, and replace them. You know, um, Jay, it contrasts to Stacey, we need another BOT rant. You're in rare form when that topic comes up. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's been a, a lot of stuff that gets blamed on – you know, uh, athletics leadership and things like that uh, really should have been laid at the feet of the board of trustees and or the school president who outranks athletics. You know, that, that's their direct report. And I, I firmly believe that the board of trustees needs to be separate from athletics and, and, and they don't need any oversight. Uh, they need to, the, the president needs to oversee it. The athletics director makes the decisions. And then if there's a need to have oversight, I think it needs to come from the president's office and the BOT needs to be the hell out yeah. uh, of athletics at South Carolina and really anywhere. Cause you look certain places have issues. I mean, like Missouri, you know, if they fire Eli Drinkwitz this year or after what, three seasons, two seasons, four seasons, uh, if they fire Eli, then, um, that's the fault of the board of trustees because that's not who the AD wanted to hire. You know, um, I tend to think if it weren't for the BOT, uh, you wouldn't have had the excitement of Sean Miller potentially being your coach, but <laughs> they'd have Dennis, Dennis Gates right now. So, I don't know yeah. if the BOT had anything to do with uh, not placing baseball last year or not, but. You know, as everybody's pointed out many times, last year's baseball program, our team did struggle with injuries. So, anyway, I'm all right. We're out. Yeah. Uh, BOT seems similar this to year, have, That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> BOT similar to having a homeowners association. A lot of politics and favoritism. <laughs> all right, folks. We'll be back tomorrow mm-hmm. on Friday to wrap things up for the week. Phil and I, as Jamie's still in the mountains, and Jamie will be back next week. Uh, and we hope to see you then right here inside the Gamecocks show. Thanks for listening.